We are now recording, and this is another episode of Out Now Nights. Nights. This is Out Now Nights. Nights. Seventeen. <laughs> uh, it's been a it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done a nights episode. Is that like uh, a year ago? Almost, almost a year, yeah. Oh. Almost uh, May was the last time we did a Nights episode. We talked about uh, Solo. Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah, we wanted to do a new uh, a new bonus Nights uh, episode uh, because, Abe, you were not able to join us for our Us uh, recording. I was not able to join uh, you guys for the Us recording. That's exactly what you just said. Yeah. I just repeated it. Well, we we all assumed you were too scared to see it, which is why you weren't on. But apparently... this is this is not the case mm-hmm. uh, because it, it was. I'll, I'll talk about this, but I was you know largely not thinking that it was going to be heavily jump scares, and I was right. So that's a good thing. But I've been hearing some great stuff about Pet Cemetery, and I'm not down to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we we. We, uh, I had um, Jonathan Maxwell and uh, Mike all come on to talk about nights, and we went into full quite spoilers and everything. Yeah, yeah, quite the trio. Uh, and even then, uh, we ended up having some audio issues, but uh, we salvaged the episode. It sounds we about did. as good as it yeah. can, and I'm very happy with what we were able to do with it. Um, so that's up there now on iTunes. But I did think that we could take this opportunity to have a little bit more bonus discussion because the movie is certainly worth discussing uh, plenty, uh, and you know, it's, it's helpful to get Abe's opinion since you know you're the co-host of this show, and it'd be nice to hear what you <laughs> I had to say. I would have talked about it in the next episode. You know, would have taken an extended quickie, TM. But uh, I, I see what you're saying here. I, I like these nights. Yeah, well, Abe, let's... quite honest for for uh, on purpose. Well, let's let's talk about it. What what did you think of Jordan Peele's Us? You know how sometimes things line up. Yeah. You know, like coincidences. Since we've been here, they've been happening more and more. I think, I feel like it means like she's getting closer. Who? The mirror girl? You don't believe me. I, 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 I do. I do. I'm, I'm processing. Okay? I just can't believe you kept all this inside for so long. You know I'm here, right? Jordan Peele's Us is... Uh, I think a lot of people are going to re- try and compare it to Get Out, and I don't think it's a fair comparison. Um, but if you asked me to, I would say that it's not as good as Get Out, uh, but it is good. I don't think that it was... Uh, I, I think that the more I thought about it and the more I kind of rationalized it in terms of what he was wanting to do and what he did... Um, I enjoyed it more because when you think about it, it's kind of just like some bizarro episode. I mean, Jordan Peele is going to be executive producing and even directing some episodes of the Twilight Zone. And to me, it almost felt like a Twilight Zone type of episode. Are we going full spoilers here? There's no reason not to. Yeah, let's go for it. Full spoilers. Just, just here. Just, you know, yeah. we do a show that is heavily not spoiler or is, is mostly spoiler free. But uh, with all that being said, um, you know, there are the elements of uh doubles and doppelgangers and uh waking up in weird situations and stuff like that it's been written about in in many other forms and quite honestly uh there's a lot of easter eggs to this right in the beginning of the episode as well or right in the beginning of the movie with chad on the on the uh um side of the tv among among other notable among others like the goonies and like there's one that i really wanted to read but it was handwritten on the vhs tape tuesday nights that's what it said yeah 
<laughs> but there was just a lot of uh, stuff that I often think about whenever I'm watching these movies. Not that I want to compare them directly, but it's just it's cool to see that people draw upon uh, sort of like the same stories uh, and they have different takes on it. Um, so the other the other thing that I was thinking about was this R.L. Stein book. It's this Goosebumps series. It's um, it's one with like don't go in the basement. It's, it's basically about body doubles and uh, confusion toward the end about who her real father is um, and whether she did the right thing in that book. But I I like this movie. Uh, I like it for for its good balance of humor and also horror. And I also like that it had um, I guess enough of a uh, of its uh, own grasp of itself. That's to say, like the characters are not stupid. They're they're doing smart things, and they also um, pretty much act in a way that is not the way that other horror movies are written. And you got this with Get Out as well. So Jordan Peele is pretty much uh, aware of how these characters would act in a situation like this. Um, I also like the external uh, view of this. I guess not an external, but a more macroscopic view of this, which is to say that this necessarily doesn't happen, have to happen to this family, uh, to Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, uh, and the two kids. It, it could happen to everybody, and it does. You know, they, they do pull back at a certain point, and you just realize that it's going on um, – Either regionally or globally, I, I think it's got to be ac- well, across the continent. It's very, it's, I mean, we, we talk about this in the main episode. It's very much focused in America. Like Correct, that's, that's yeah. a big part. Like this movie's about and America and across America. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, yeah, it's very much trying to point the what we're seeing as an as a specifically American issue that's taking place. Yeah, and. I think that there's a lot of symbolism here as well. I think that the story is structured in such a way, just the way that Get Out was uh, with peppering of ideas in the beginning. It is unfortunate that I I sort of figured out the ending of the movie. Um, And did I enjoy the twist? I think it was fine. I, I, it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. um, And it didn't, it didn't kind of stick with me because the more I, I was able to, the more I was watching the movie and figuring it out, and again, I'm not trying to one-up myself and try and figure things out as they come along, but this, I, to me, this one wasn't that crazy difficult to figure out. Um, I think the movie very much, I mean, it's playing, it's it's very much hinting at it throughout the film. Like, you know, totally. you know yeah, something yeah. Like, has to be, I mean, yeah, in the beginning. He's not, he's not even, trying to trick us in, in any real way. I mean, you even know in the I mean? beginning, like, you get the opening scene with the, with the, the young Adelaide encountering the other Adelaide, and it's like, we yeah. don't see the end of that scene, so some we you know something had to have happened. Like I'm not, oh, yeah, obviously sure. the movie's yeah. like it's withholding a certain fact from you and it's trying to present that to you. But I don't think the, I don't think no, you know, having reasoned out that this might be that scenario, I don't think that's like a detriment necessarily. Like we no, talked no, about no, this no. Um, last last week with Captive State, actually weirdly with um, something involving John Goodman's character. As far as I don't think the movie's necessarily it's not, yeah, it's it not, is, it's, it's, it's not, it's not hinging on this thing being revealed to you it's a neat surprise but it's not like the you know the most it's not it's not it's not unobvious like it's like oh yeah that that was there and that's a that's a neat turn of events i would say yeah and i'd say that it's it's a fine turn of events i don't know about neat i wouldn't use that that adjective per se but i agree with you that it's not as though jordan peele is is directly trying to be like oh i'm gonna try my darndest to to really throw a bunch of red herrings at you and and then oh by the way here's the actual reveal it's like no this is actually what's happening um yeah but would you say after you you know after that fact is confirmed like confirmed for you 
it does give you a chance to go back and look at everything that led up to this and reconsider certain things about the character. I I did that in the movie as well, and, and we'll jump into that uh, soon enough, but um, I was essentially just going through the entire movie in my head, and I was like, okay, well, th- this all makes sense now, you know? And, and again, that's why I think that it would be fun to watch it again. It's not one of those that... I guess that I wouldn't say that it's... Um, I'm not really going to use the term like breathtaking that Get Out was, but I think Get Out was such a passion project that he'd been working on. Jordan Peele had been working on for such a long time, and he basically didn't want to give it up. You know, it, it would be probably easy for him to be like, I'm going to sell this script and I'll be an executive producer and I'll have somebody else direct it. But it's like, nah, man, this is my baby and I want to take care of it and I'm going to make it the way that I want to make it. And he had to wait for it for like 10 years or something like that. It was a while. But for this one, it, it, again, it's a solid effort and I don't knock it at anything that it's doing. Um, I think that there's just, uh, for what it is, is like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's a, it's a pretty uh, suspenseful horror movie and it's got some good elements of um surprise and i think that there's actually some really cool things that they do in this movie as well just in terms of what the villains can do and what the villains do uh end up doing um as well as what the protagonists do right so there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of visual storytelling and also like it's, it's just a really good script uh so that's why it's like it's not as though it's a horror movie where it's just a slasher and all of a sudden you know the the people escape from the house and the the guys the like leather faces wielding a chainsaw after them just like grunting angrily kind of thing it's like there's more to this than that and uh that's what i appreciate about it so on the whole i think it's i think it's a good effort i, I don't think that it's um, a home run but that's not to say that uh I, i'm just probably one of the minority folks in it that's not thinking that it's um Man, I'm I'm trying not to use the word masterpiece with Get Out, but it's it's super it's very very nuanced and very very good. So it's almost like a masterpiece. But um, I mean, yeah. having, having sat with it for a week now, over a week now, like I, if you want to talk about like rewatchability, like I think both fit for different reasons. Where Get Out, it's a very visceral experience. You're getting something that's so it's so clear what it's trying to do, and there's not much ambiguity about how it's accomplishing it. You don't look at Daniel sure. Kaluuya and think, like, is he in the wrong here? You're like, no, he's he's trying to tackle a very extreme scenario. Totally. And the messages are very clear on what it's trying to do there. This film is different in how it's giving you a lot of ambiguity. It's giving you a lot of things that are not fully so, explained right. to you. Yep. It's giving you a lot of different kinds of ways to think about what you're taking away from this in regards to both the overall themes and even in which Lupita Nyong'o character is the one you really want to root for. Which yeah, I, totally. Uh-huh, which yeah. I think I think that goes a long way as far as how I'm going to keep watching this film in the future, which I intend to because I, th- I, I do think it's pretty spectacular uh I, yeah. I am a big fan of it it's my so it's my favorite film of the year so far we'll, we'll see we're you know it's march so it's it's not saying a ton but at the yeah, same yeah. time i still put this very high i mean have in... you seen death at a funeral though no i mean i don't know my dear movie that was death at a funeral is actually a real solid that's, drama isn't it that, that's a frank oz dark comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did they do a remake with James Marsden? They did a remake with James Marsden, yes. There you go. That, that's how much movie like I Martin, know. Martin Lawrence and like a bunch of people. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, no, I, I I completely understand your point of view of, of really enjoying it. And um, but again, like if we deep dive into it now, did you want to give some? Uh, uh, I didn't hear your thoughts on the main podcast. And... I mean, just to, okay, if I, to, just to re sum up. Yeah, just to recap uh, yeah. It. I, I am a big fan of the film. I think it presents a lot of interesting ideas that. 
reflect uh, America, reflect the human condition. Um, I, I think the film is the right kind of scary. I, I've talked about this before. You and I are both kind of we have we're more we're more fearful of home invasion movies than other types of horror movies in particular but there's also creepy kids movies tend to get to me and this one has that going for it and it has the element of body snatching which i think could be quite alarming the idea of having your identity taken from you essentially uh, so it has all that going for it it's incredibly well made as far as stylistically speaking i think peel is yeah. having a bigger budget and just having the experience more experience has led him to create a a film with a broader scope and more ambition as far as his kind of technique is concerned. And the performances are fantastic. I think Lupita Nyong'o is pretty incredible in her dual performance here. Um, yeah. Winston Duke is a lot. It's really great, too, as well as the kids and Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. I think the cast is uniformly very solid. But Nyong'o, yeah. much like I think Colette last year, easily earns the kind of accolade um hype that uh, she's already earning for a film you know for a, a horror film in march which yeah. should not be a detriment it should be like yeah we should embrace films early on in the year as opposed to just in october through december well like, considering that we have so many films that are being released throughout the year that are uh -huh. very good it is it is kind of a mm -hmm. i would say that this times have definitely changed and that's maybe why i was so upset about the oscars last year not that this is an oscar recap show but there was tons of movies that came out in march april may uh june maybe even like august where I thought that they were superior films than some of the ones that nominated um, and maybe even some of the ones that won. But that's neither here uh, or there right now. But, um, but yeah, I was a big fan. I think it has everything yeah. working in its favor as far as direction, writing, acting. Like, yeah, for sure. The and score is pretty fantastic. I was going to say, yeah, I was, I was going to like name all these these categories. Like The directing, I think, is fantastic. The uh, score, great use of pop music, rap music, as well as the instrumental The theme that I can... Music. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, Looney's is going to get a big paycheck. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but then there's also, um, the uh, production design I think was really fantastic because it wasn't unclear about where they were and what they were doing and things weren't shrouded in fog kind of thing. You know, it's like Tim Heidecker and his wife are in a clear house. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, good job on not having to, pull on these these old horror trope heartstring kind of thing. Um, I will say for the acting, Lupita Nyong'o is stellar in this. You know, she gives, like what you're saying, dual, everyone's giving dual performances, but her dual performance is so, it's much, you spend much more time with those characters than anybody else. Um, Runner-up might be uh, the son, right? Um, but as far as like uh, the other guys go, yeah, everybody's fine. I think, I think I like corny dad uh, Winston, Winston Duke. Duke. <laughs> yeah, with like his jokes and also like that seems like an Abe character. <laughs> yeah, that definitely minus minus me like going out with shorts on and like a sweater and be like, if you guys want to start something, we can start something. I, I don't mean someone you resemble. I mean someone that like you, this is a character I'm sure you're going to like really like. Like I can think of that as like that's what I call an Abe character. <laughs> yeah, I would just say that for the Abe character, the for for Winston Duke's character. Uh, I think that he has good stuff to do, but he just doesn't have enough range to do it. Um, I, I would say that even some of the, the other characters kind of get a little more range, like Tim Heidecker and, and also um, especially Elizabeth Moss character where she's got a, she's doing some dual role, like cool. Non well, she has a chance to play some emotions up. For Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, though, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of good technical things that are going on in the movie as well. Um, one of the things that kind of bothered me, and this is just a sequence in the movie, is, is honestly, it was it was like such a throwaway thing, too. But it's like when they're going to get into Tim Heidecker's car 
he and his wife's car, and they just argue about who's going to drive. I was like, ah, we don't have time for this. And that's the only thing that really bothered me, like, with the flow of the movie was just that part. I like that as far as, well, that felt real to me as far as, like, family arguing about something. But I do like that there's all there's a hint of comedy in it is because they start discussing yeah. who has the highest kill count. Yeah, yeah. That, that part was, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I got to say, Winston Duke, he, he's not miscounting. He did he did get two. So, um, but as far as uh, getting into more spoiler territory here, as far as the P.D. Nyong'o's character goes, um, What's fascinating about it is that it's not as though, you know, it's not as though I'm trying to pick up on things right away, but when you start putting things together, it's actually pretty fascinating, right? So you start noticing the things like, um, you know, one of the first things that you hear about her when she's in therapy is like, hey, she she hasn't said a word since we've been here. It's like, okay, cool. That's because the tethers don't speak, right? Uh, you don't it, know that yet, though, when you're watching the movie. You don't, yeah, but you, again, this is thinking back on it, and okay, so there's, okay. there's other cool things about it, too, where obviously when she's going to go and check to see if the, the double of her daughter is actually, in fact, you know, dying or dead, and she, she kind of has like a moment to, of, of uh, sadness or twinge of pain just waiting on, on for that last breath to happen. Um, the things that are that's really kind of... That's a scene I've really thought about more... Uh, or like one of the scenes that's really stuck out with me is as I kind of think back on it because you're because th- especially when you know the truth of the situation you're thinking so this is we're watching Adelaide who was able to kind of escape the the underground and you're seeing the version of her daughter that was born from her double and what it means to see her like dying it's like it's there is a lot of sadness yeah, to come there, with that like a, and like, exactly and and it, and, and, it, and it makes the scene you know the idea of her getting out of the car to begin with is like what the fuck are you exactly. doing exactly but then yeah, you like, think it's like oh like, i understand this because you're yeah. she's watching a version of her daughter die and it's like that's correct yeah that's and, something. and yeah. you know when you think about it too it's it's really just um in if you're watching it straight out you 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 think to yourself, hey, cool, she's just going to make sure that everybody's dead, right? But again, when you think about it on the second or the third watch or when you're just thinking about it in general on a deeper level, you do notice these things. The other thing that I found neat was um, pretty much how she – I like how Whitson Duke said your mother will know what to do. And you, you kind of use that as like, okay, well, she's a determined mom. And then at the, when she goes to the fun house, she knows exactly where the door is that leads to downstairs. And at that point, you're just like, I, you, I didn't think about it much then. But then when you think about it after the fact or when you're putting all the pieces together, it's like, yeah, this is this is a neat visual camera. It's not a trick. It's more of just like the way that, you know, it doesn't have to stop to explain what she's doing or how she's doing it. You're just going with it because she's on a mission. She's a mom on a mission kind of thing. But still, it's very cool to just be like, oh, she's been here before. You know what I mean? It's the she kind knows of, exactly where this is. It's the kind of thing where I I can understand that Peel has very much thought out all of the logic of Correct. this movie, regardless of how much he's choosing to explain. He at least knows what's necessary to show you, so it ad- yeah. it adds up. Yeah, uh, and I do want to add that uh, to your point earlier when you said that Peel he's revealing some things and he's not revealing other things. I like that. I there's other things that I I have so many questions about that it never that are never going to get answered. Um, unless I was Chelsea Peretti, um, <laughs> and, but it, even then it's like, you know, does she, do we even need to have these answers? And the answer is not really because it's kind of just, it, it, some of it's open-ended and we'll get to that. Some stuff like, what are they doing with hands across America? What's like their statement, you know, stuff like that. But let me say, I'm, sorry, I'm, I, 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 I'm very happy that if there, cause I, 
you know, we don't know what we think of these movies before we talk about them together. Right. And I, I, I was of two minds of what you were going to think as far as the how movies, how the movie's you. logic goes. Well, no, I was thinking one, you'll either go with it because there are times when you need to go with it, or uh, or you'll be like, I have many questions and that's why I don't like this. I very, I feel very fortunate that you're on the the former side as far as I'm happy to accept what this world is giving me, knowing that there are questions that are remain unanswered. The questions that I have remain unanswered make me laugh, though. For example, there's stuff like, why do they have red jumpsuits? Like, how did they decide this? And stuff like, why do they, why do they all wearing, like, the, the uh, I guess the glove is, like, maybe it's, like, a Michael Jackson callback because she's wearing a Thriller shirt in the beginning. But I was curious about the glove. And yeah, in terms of, like, cl- yeah, in terms of clothing stuff, I mean... It's a Those are the things where it's like, and also they're just like standing out in line. And I guess Hands Across America was a big thing back in 1986. Well, and... it's a big thing for Red, for Adelaide's doppelganger. Correct. I mean, she, yeah. Yeah, the movie opens with her staring at this thing. And so that's a that's a memory that she has. That's a giant symbol of what America was trying to do. And so Correct. as, the, yeah. kind of, as so... the leader of these doppelgangers, she's like, yeah. all right, we're going to, you know, plan this giant attack and we're going to do this thing because that's what I remember when I was young. I remember this thing as far as uniting a, a group for a cause. And so this is how I'm yeah. going to choose to unite this group for this cause. I don't yeah. know what the overall plan would be. And I, I mean, we're not supposed to know, but I, you get that, why that's the specific choice they've made. Yeah, no, totally. And, and the other thing, if you want to go deeper, it's almost like, you know, uh, not to make fun of mole people or people that get, you know, trapped in bunkers and live oh, yeah, there let's for a Let's for not a insult the, the, the mole people out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't want to insult those guys. But it's one of those things where it's like that's her last – those are her last memories, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, yeah. as a human on, on the surface level kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's like my last things – it's almost like when Brendan Fraser comes back from Blast of the Past and all he knows is like Babe Ruth and all this other stuff. Whereas, yeah, this her last remaining surface memories are – Hands across America. <laughs> and that's like the biggest thing. So to your point, you know, it's supposed to make a statement, but quite honestly, it's a sad statement because it's, it's a lot. La- the last memory she has is like 30 something years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But there are other questions I had regardless. There's just a lot of really cool stuff in this movie that, you know, I don't want to go piece by piece by piece, but there's a lot of cool visuals, a lot of cool like character turns and what have you. And when you start thinking more about it, uh, Again, I the way that I thought about the voices being used and how everyone kind of um, it's sort of primitive in the way that they speak, right? All the other tethers mm-hmm. or doppelgangers, what have you, mm-hmm. they howl and they they use sound, but they it's bark. never, yeah, it's never like words. And so you think to yourself, how does this one have the use of language? And that's the part where it's like that's pretty cool. That that's a really uh, if you thought about it in terms of that sort of a reveal, that's pretty cool. Um, and then as the how film they, goes how, along, how does which one? How does Red have that language? Well, because she's from the surface. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> from right. And so, as the film goes along, you start to feel. I don't know about you, but I, I guess I'm using you collectively, or maybe just as a vehicle for me. But I, I was. It's not that I was conflicted. I was just like, I definitely understand your your plight now, and I feel bad to some degree. You know, I, I feel uh, very empathetic toward it. Um, no, I feel both. I feel empathy and sympathy for a character who was living their life above ground because that's yeah. all they know. They don't know that there's a version of her underneath the ground that's suffering, like it's not her fault. And then yeah. she's been taken away from that world, imprisoned down there, and forced to live a way 
that others live that does not work with her body. Like there's, you know, totally. she has to eat raw rabbit now, and she has to, yeah. she has to give birth by cutting her child out of her because there's no doctors down there to to handle a breech birth that sure. Adelaide Above Ground has to deal with. So it's like, right. yeah, I don't. Fe- I mean, obviously, the method to how they've how they've chosen to revolt is violent, and that's you know, it's not a good thing. But I. I I could certainly you know un- have an understanding on an emotional level of w- what they've gone what this person especially specifically red has gone specifically through red, yeah. has gone through to live the life that she's had and then escape and you know have her way of vengeance on what's been going right around. yeah and and quite honestly uh, upon hearing all of these upon hearing all of these um, what you call it upon hearing all of these. The way that she's describing her life below the surface, and uh-huh. then you're you're just like, oh well, this is the villain. This is like one of the early villain monologues. And when you think about it, it's, it's super depressing because because uh, of the the swap that takes place, right? And I, I want to say that um, I Aaron knows this. I, I watched the teaser trailer for movies, and I'll I'll likely watch maybe the first trailer, the first full trailer, right? Um, I was watching uh, some DVR stuff of sports. And there was a lot of commercials for Get Out. I'm sorry, Us. Uh, and they did show the part where young Adelaide is being strangled by young Red. You know what I mean? That's in the um, main trailer, too, the, the teaser. I don't remember it in the first one, but it, even if they did, it was like... There's this only is one a, trailer. It's only the one. These. Yeah, this it's is only, why it's, I sh- it's only the one, There's only the one trailer. That's the, that's, they have that, and then they have the other TV spots. That's it. Totally, yeah. But still, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I, this is why... You should try and go in as fresh as you can, folks. I mean, I, I know that it's supposed to build momentum, and it did. And this movie is destroying in the box office. But um, if you can, I, I would implore you to try and watch as little, as few things as possible, because I think that it's it's much more worth um, finding out in the way that it's supposed to be uh, found out. And now, now that people are starting to use a little more tricks in terms of using scenes that aren't in the movie at all, uh, that's totally great, you know. But at the same time. Uh, just try and go on fresh. They, it, I'm, you'll you'll be uh, more excited about it. Um, I wanted to ask you about this though. During the real villain villain monologue, um, I had a question about she, something that she had said about you know it's weird that man built this place and then you guys left us. Um, and I was curious, like, were, were these science experiments? I mean, I think the if you want to talk about the specifics on what's going on here, I mean, we only have so much knowledge, but what I've grasped from it is that there was some kind of government experiment where they're copying people, and the idea was so they can have these copies, and these copies were tethered to the above ground so they can, you know, mimic their movements, and mm-hmm. it just didn't work. Like, it just, it, whatever they're trying to do, it kind of worked, but it didn't work all the way, so they abandoned them. They abandoned them in all these tunnels that are secretly underground that just people just don't know really know about, and they're left there to you know do their own thing, um, and it, and they were just kind of zombies that were being controlled by the people above ground, and it wasn't until the red switch that happened that they yeah. finally were able to kind of unite and do something different. Totally, after, after yeah. After years so, of planning, yeah. Right, and and even if it wasn't a government experiment and it, and it just was you know uh, a construct that was just randomly built, you know, by the architect, the Matrix's architect or what have you, then cool, I'm down with that too. See, these, these are some of the questions that I was like, I don't really need to know how this I mean, happens. It's much, this much like Get Out, which has its own version of, like, pseudoscience uh, as far as, you know, brain transplant, the the 
oh, I forget what it's called, like the transfusion, whatever. I know what you mean, though, because the, it is the like coa- funny. The coagul- it, 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 but like, I mean, we're dealing with, you know, a f- we're not dealing with real science here, but there's, it's, you know, for the sake of a horror movie, whether you want to call it a supernatural element or just, you know, the whatever machine to <laughs> to uh, to make this work, that's what's essentially gone on. Uh, and the pro this, like the problem is that they couldn't replicate the soul. Like that was a big thing that you mentioned. Yes, like, yeah, which right. is which is a, a beautiful. That was a, that was a great line. I, I do like that because you know we've we've kind of done that. There's a lot of science experiments in movies that try to do that, right? So you get Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. You get a whole bunch of uh, what's McCall- What are those ones where they just? I guess you could even say like, sorry, um, <laughs> all the clones in Clone Wars, but. Uh-huh. All the Django Fets of the world. The Man with uh, Two Brains is one of the videos on the TV at the beginning. Man with Two Brains, yeah. So there's there's just a lot of, um, again, good understanding of sci-fi and also good understanding of horror so that you're not repeating things that people have done, uh, but you are taking uh, those things, you're, you're running with the things that you've learned from and making your own thing. And I respect that a whole lot. Again, one of, the, one of my favorite things is that these characters run. So I actually, what I loved about... Um, <laughs> It, it, the, the line is in the trailer as well, but when she's like, "Hey, you know, Zora, go put get your shoe, put on your shoes," it's like she knows what's coming. So th- that's like fascinating, right? Um, it, yeah, it is. Like, it's, yeah. so it's like, and I, I don't know, you know, again, questions of why didn't Red real real Adelaide? How come she wasn't able to come back up? Uh, stuff like that, where it's like I don't really need to know these answers because uh, they're just not really that relevant, but still. It's pretty fascinating just the way that they did it, um, and I will say that it also you think about like the Morlocks and the time the time traveler. So mm-hmm. with all that though, um, I, I th- there's just a, a, a little sprinkle of um, I want to uh, sort of give major major kudos to a specific sequence, which is just like that final battle sequence that's played with the the cello um, of Looney's I got five on it. Um, oh yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great bit of like choreography and it's, editing it's and what to kind of right? go back and forth between the young and the old versions of Adelaide, as well as the just the the way that fight is shot yeah. is so like there's a lot of great evocative imagery in this movie, and I think the like there's yeah. a lot of use of silhouette, which makes a lot of sense because of the double aspect at play. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of really cool stuff like all the the kind of rabbits that are scattered around and stuff like it's just really yeah. cool. The thing about that scene though, that's like the where I felt the most. Uh, I don't know if visceral would be the, the right term, but that's where I, I mean, it, it wasn't as I was like feeling anger about whatever else. It's just more of like, I felt her struggle when she just couldn't hit what we think is the, the double. Um, I think and, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tribute to how great the, how great the performance is from both yes, the yeah. younger performances that we're seeing for one, you don't often see something like you don't see you know a black woman in this position very often in horror movies like doing in this True, kind of scenario yeah. which i do think it does make a difference it, it leaves a different kind of impact because it's just something that feels unfamiliar what's but funny there's... about film twitter is that film twitter was like see this is what happens when you don't let black folks die in horror movies first and i was <laughs> like yeah that makes sense <laughs> so you get you have that kind of imagery right there but there's also just the way they move and the red character is so graceful because he's like taken on like 
along with hands across America doing ballet was like ballet. one of the things that she knew. Like that's the thing that's kind of stuck with. Yeah. Her. Not and only so, that, but again, mm-hmm. I just, I, when I was watching that sequence, I was just like, man, she knows because that's her shadow. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So she knows exactly what she's going to do, where she's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I was kind of disappointed the way that it sort of climaxed uh, in that sequence. I was like, you know, that, that feels a little cheap, but there's I would more say, yes, it's a little easy. Like by the time not, she not actually, cheap. cheap is not the right word. Yeah, it's but, just a yeah, little like all she did was just kind of like I turned around and she I got waited. Here. Yeah, and yeah. She's like there it is. Which I mean, but it's also it's a part of the character's own self destruction. I mean, if you want to think of it that way, you can think if Red really wanted to just get rid of all these people, they would have just killed them just like the the Heidecker Moss family killed everybody right away. Easily, but, yeah. But but Red and Red wanted to toy with them, wanted to do, and that's that's the kind of thing that leads to your own discru- monologuing. Essentially, that's what leads to your destruction. You give them time, and they're gonna reason it out. Hey Doug, you got me monologuing. Mm-hmm, exactly. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it 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 is sad to whatever degree you'd want to think it's sad that the antagonist loses the battle. But I mean, there's. It's earned, I guess. Like, I know it, what you mean. Yes. You know, yeah. Again, there wasn't. It wasn't as though. It wasn't as though she was like continuously struggling, and there was continued battle scene for five more minutes. It, yeah. it ends right then and there. Um, like you could, you could, I could argue that. Yeah, the, I guess final third is a little looser as far as how peels decided to structure it compared to kind of what i think is a pretty tightly assembled first two acts i don't think it makes it any i don't think it makes it bad it doesn't take away from it it, yeah but i i I would say yeah the movie i mean no movie's perfect so i mean it's like yeah these are i mean have you seen casablanca it's pretty perfect these are the little i mean there's someone there's a couple shots where you could be standing somewhere but um (laughs) (laughs) too much fog in that one scene yeah i get it i mean uh elsa's uh boyfriend is kind of stiff in a lot of scenes too i mean uh, he makes him sing that french song and there's so much there's so much victory in in, at uh, at his bar yeah i mean that that flashback's a little long you could cut some scenes (laughs) out of there too but i mean um Black and white still? I mean, where's the color? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best argument. It's like, uh, I don't know, Abe. It's still black and it's white. It's still black and white. Colorized it? <laughs> I want to see what the Copacabana looks like. In Can color. you imagine like, if they colorized it and, and like uh, the costume designer didn't give a shit because they knew that it was a black and white, so nothing is like matched correctly? <laughs> I want to see what Rick's bar looks like. In, uh... <laughs> I want to see what color the fezes are. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I agree with you that it, it's... Uh, there's there's, some, yeah, there's little things here and there that yeah, you can pick apart, and sure, it doesn't like it doesn't, and, it, it's what takes slightly away from a film that I think is otherwise pretty amazing. Right. So. Yeah, and even the ending, like the end end where they're in the ambulance kind of driving away, um, there's two minds that I thought about, uh, just, I guess two tracks that I thought about. One is, oh, I wonder why um, Jason is so upset because that is his real mom. You know what I mean? Like she is the one that birthed him, um, even though she's a little bit weird and kooky. And the other part is like, oh, well, you know, real, real Lupita Nyong'o's character, um, Adelaide, 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 yeah, Adelaide, real Lupita Nyong'o, Adelaide character, uh, wanted this to happen. She, she specifically singled out Jason because again, she's, the, he's the one that gets taken. Um, and she specifically puts him in that spot in the locker room, in the, in the, uh, dormitory, so she just wanted to create that doubt in the future for him, and that's that's a cool way to think about it too. Because I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's the the image she sees of her of her mom at that point is like here's a and she saw earlier too when she killed the other twin daughter. It's like here's a person that's 
doesn't seem like by a mob. It seems like someone that's viciously attacking and killing somebody. Maybe, <laughs> yes, sure, it's for protection, but it's like this is a side of this person I have not seen before. And right. the way they're acting seems to correspond very heavily with the people that I'm being defended from. Yeah, I agree. Um, what did you think about the humor in the movie? Oh, I think it's very well placed. I, I, I think there's a, I think Peele knows when to break up the tension, um, with, with either dad jokes or just good dialogue or just mm -hmm. ways turns a phrase or however the the edits choose to like having fuck the police sure. just cut on or something like. There's a lot of I think good choices here to make the film work on an entertaining level. So you're both on edge and unnerved, but also having a good time watching the movie. Yeah, so I've been hearing a lot of people say that they were kind of suspensed throughout, um, and they were kind of on the edge of the seat throughout. Quite honestly, I wasn't, and I think that's mostly because I... I this is not taken away from Jordan Peele. This is more really crediting him with the way that he made Get Out, which is, it's not that type of horror movie, you know what I mean? Um, so that's why even the jump scares that are on the screen, they're not heavy jump scares. One of them is... They don't they don't cue up the loud noise when the when Jason runs across the screen in the when they're at the beach house or whatever else. It's I, it's, I would argue there's no jump scares in this movie. I mean, yeah, like the only time where I honestly like was like kind of just gleaming out my eye because I was sort of shutting them a little bit mm -hmm. was when the daughter was running away and her her double was there and they're at the car. Who and, I think is honestly I think that's the scariest double for me the the, the daughter's the double daughter yeah, yeah because there's like she has this smile like she's just so relishing this opportunity that just was freaky to me I, I think that it's also because red describes her as um even like red doesn't like her yeah, yeah like a monster so i was like <laughs> ah that's not great when like you know your when your other when your other mother so to speak is not even one that supports you <laughs> but yeah I, I mean i as far I, a jump scare is something very specific and the only thing that comes close i think as a jump scare in this movie is that like right at the beginning when she walks through the maze and, like the owl pops out as if to say this isn't that kind of movie like yeah. that's like i feel like that's what it's trying to do yeah. and then you get to the end of the movie where the owl pops out and she just fucking bats shit. it with the, with the thing it's like get out of here owl yeah. i don't have time for this again <laughs> man i love like the play on your emotions in this movie when you think about it and you know what's happening and you know the secrets of the switch and you know um exactly what's going on because at that point again when you're when you're seeing it straight it's like oh this, again mom on a mission she's just super angry she's gonna get her son back but nah man she knows exactly what to do she's just really tired of this shit she's got to get this thing on the road and and go to mexico and mm -hmm. so i i did find a lot of it very very cool um in, in terms of tone throughout i mean yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a hor a horror comedy. It is a it is a no, straight horror movie. A... It just has yeah. comedic moments in it, and yeah, everyone's going to be different as far as how they react to that. I think Get Out. I wouldn't I wouldn't personally call it a horror comedy either. Although I could see a bigger argument being made just because of the how because grounded of how, how it's how how comparatively grounded that film feels as far as things that actually happen to black people dealing with you know white spaces. Sure. Um, so it's it feel like where this film. I mean, it is grounded as far as you have a real family dealing with something that's otherworldly, but they're still a real family. But I, I yeah. think get, get Out's satire is so right there that it's easier to kind of see the humor very clearly, where this is more oh, like, sure. we need to break up some of this dark stuff with some comedy every now and then. But that's why I'm saying like you can't really compare the two, because I think that Get Out is satirical, but it's also very sharp in its criticism of, you know, 
it's not even on a satirical level. It's just like really on like on a on a you know. Let me throw a real lens at racism and race relations in America. Whereas this one, it's like, hey, by the way, I'm gonna have more fun with this. It's not gonna have as many like Jordan Peele has even come out and said like you know the ultimate thing about this is not so much about race relations. It's a little bit more about how we look at ourselves in the mirror today in today's environment um, and how we should be a little bit more introspective. Um, yeah, I mean it's a bit. I mean yeah, it, there's that and there's you know some very I think very obvious political messaging you can get into, and there's a lot of things you can do with this. I mean, but yes, I mean the, the I, I agree. The, with with what get out, what get out doing, like you said, the lens there is very specific, so it's you, know, right. you, can, look, you can look at that right. Yeah, there. and so when you're when you're going back and rewatching Get Out, you're really picking up on all these things that just really uh, it does it doesn't infuriate me, but it does make me like, man, this is very unfair. It's not it's very unjust. You know what I mean? Um, Whereas this one's like, oh, this, it's fun. It's got some cool, neat things, and uh, I like the visual styling of, of what Jordan Peele is doing. So, you know, uh, do you know what the budget was for this? You said that it was a much bigger budget than Get Out. Yeah, Get Out was 4.5. This was 20. That is significantly much yeah. more. I mean, it's still a Blumhouse film, so it's not breaking the bank. But, I mean, right. you can you can tell that there's – I mean, the thing with Blumhouse films is you rarely go to other – you get, like, some – Excuse me. You get a few locations here or there. Some are a little bit bigger than others, but like a Blumhouse movie, generally you kind of stay in one general vicinity. This movie, you do kind of, you still stay at like a couple of houses, but you also get the boardwalk, you get the underground area, you get the right. traveling shots. Like there's a, there's there's a bigger scope here. That's which, right. Yeah. Which comes yeah. with when you win an Oscar for your movie and you have your follow up film. Yeah, you're gonna get a little bit more to play with. I also like in the beginning, in the opening credits, where Jason Blum, he's under executive producer, but he doesn't have the PGA title next to his name. It's like. Man, that's a baller move. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he doesn't care about these things. He's out here making money on micro budgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm sure that someday he'll be like, you know what? I do want to try and win a PGA award. <laughs> uh, but with all that, though, um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot that you can take away from this movie. I'd love to see it again for the Easter eggs. But as far as like what a rating would go with, uh, I would say that, you know, I think. I would say that you could you should go see it in the theaters, and I don't want to say dollar theater because it's not really a dollar theater kind of movie, but it's not one that you have to like run out and see right away. Why would you um, not want to run out and see this right away? It's a well acted original horror film that's that works. Like why why would you not want to say this is a movie you should see in theaters? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to change my opinion, but I, I again, I think. But you I, I mean, should I'm just asking what what speaks against that as far as why you shouldn't run out and see this movie. I think that because I was able to figure it out, <laughs> and, and again, that's that's not a knock on the movie at all. It's just more of like, yeah, I, I this is something that if I was able to figure it out, I'm, and I'm just like a big old klutz here, then I don't know how other people feel about it. So. Let, me put, let me put it this way. Regardless of us doing this podcast, weren't you running out to go see this movie? That's because we have to go see these movies. I'm saying, regardless of this podcast, though, like if you didn't, do, if you if we weren't doing this, wouldn't you be like, "Here's Jordan Peele's follow up to Get Out. I want to go see." Or are you like thinking, "Yeah, I want to go see that right away." Sure, yeah, and so did you know a hundred million other people <laughs> that <laughs> want to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, uh, I it is a high. It's not a dollar theater, and it's not a run out and get. It's not an IMAX kind of thing, but it is. I, I mean, I guess it is a dollar. You, I mean, you should go see it in the theater. So. Um, again, it sounds like I'm I'm coming down on it, crashing hard on it. I'm not. It's it's a solid movie. You should see it. But I think that uh, just me is like a, a little bit lower than where you have it. 
Although I think you have it pretty high. Well, I do have it pretty high, but I'm just saying. Ter- as far that's why our rating system is so interesting to me. As far as we don't, gr- <laughs> we're not, we're not grading it. We're not saying. No, like, no, no. You're yeah. you're not saying this is an A movie or this is a B movie. You're saying when should people go and see this movie? And right. from the way you're describing it, it's like I don't, I don't see. You're I mean, seeing you it, it in the theater. You're seeing it in the theater. You got it there. I'm just saying, like the, the notion of when you should see this movie. You are very positive on it, and the things that you want to promote are original films from filmmakers that are daring to make new choices. This seems like the epitome of that. Yeah, and there are other films that I would say you should have seen last year that also epitomize uh, the same sentiment that you just that you just uh, defined right there. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't mean to come down. I feel, I mean, I feel I like know. I'm coming you're, down you're on you hard, I, I don't, even though you get, or, even though you did say see it in a theater. It was just like the hesitation made me think, what? <laughs> yeah, because we don't have a great way to characterize it. That's why I was like, no, I can't really. It, it's not one of those that you like. If I were to say like, it, it's not an IMAX movie where I'd be like, this is one of the best movies of the year, um, and you have to go see it immediately. And it's not one of those where it's like, yeah, you, should, you don't have to pay like premium seating for this, like a boat, like a Dolby theater. If you did pay for theater, I'd be happy to see an Adobe yeah, theater. Yeah, I was like, Lunez on the on the Adobe soundtrack. Right, right. But um, it is one of those movies that you should see in a theater and with people because uh, I had a good mix of people with my screening, where there are people that were shouting out from their seats, and there are people that were, you know, uh, hitting their armrests because they were nervous, to people that were uh, whispering nearby to their boyfriend girlfriend that uh, they were a little bit scared, and so it was a good mixture, you know what I mean? And I think that's that's a valuable experience to have uh, with these kind of movies. Not all movies, but some movies like this, it's very fun, you know. Um, I think that's kind of why people were annoyed with something like A Quiet Place, because it was so quiet that when somebody made a noise, it just kind of really ruined the ambiance of the movie. But I had, like, I mean, I was at a press screening, granted, but it was a mix of press and, like, some... Like, some- some Reg- regular folk. Um, oh, dare you call me but, regular folk? But it was a it it was a good like audience as far as we're all paying attention and like yeah. in tune with these the the, the the what we're what's being accomplished with the sound design here. Um, right. That said, I was eating loudly on purpose. I'm not. I'm kidding. But still, nah. <laughs> you and I are both like not great on a Quiet Place, and it's getting a sequel. Um, so with all that though, yeah, I think it's fine. I I, like, I think you're lower on it than I am. I just I I I, 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 I that's the... that's the question stuff that you were talking about earlier. It's like I have so many questions here, and I can't be in this movie and be okay with it because there are so many stupid questions that that could be easily be answered if they took it a little bit more. If, if John Krasinski thought about it just a little bit more, so and maybe less about questions and more of. I, it's just things like having a whiteboard that says what's their weakness just kind of bugs me. It's like, come on, like, that's that's too visual. That's that's or, too much. Or like a New York Post article cut out says it's it sound. sound. <laughs> <laughs> and what is what the heck? You're gonna set up a giant fireworks display one time? You're gonna think that you're not gonna be attacked multiple times? I don't understand, John Krasinski. And also, just move your family to the waterfall. That doesn't I make said any this sense. in a review, and you were like, Abe, hey, it's going to be loud. And I was like, you know who did it? Caesar did it. You wouldn't move to – there's nothing to live there. You Like, they have an entire house and a farm and everything. Why would they you move? They can't even talk or have normal conversations. They can talk. They were building that whole thing. Underneath <laughs> the basement where they were easily found. They were. They, it was a whole – 
it was a bad day. Like that's what it really <laughs> came down to. <laughs> Now we're now we're getting into the quiet place, but yeah, the, fi- the fireworks see- display is a one-time thing because yeah, that's like if things get this terrible, we need this. Like, <laughs> and it got that terrible. <laughs> yeah, but like what you're saying, just give the kid the fucking spaceship and take the batteries out. Yeah, no, that stuff got me. It was like you could just give him the spaceship and just don't give him the batteries. <laughs> like, <no. laughs> Did you see? You saw trailers before us. Did you see the one? Did they play the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer? They did, and they also played Ma, which I was really uh, happy that they that they played that movie. Ma because, looks like so much fun. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, the kids that were in the theater, because obviously there were kids that snuck in because it's an R-rated movie and it's spring break, and they thought they'd be cool. Um, they were like, "This is so lame," and then it got to like the weird parts, and nobody said anything after that. <laughs> I Ma looks so much fun because I'm like actively rooting for Ma to kill the kids in the movie. <laughs> like that's what I well, there's like a really weird shot. It's almost like a, a Tales from the Crypt shot where she's, you know, she's sitting with like four passed out teens on her couch. Mm-hmm. One of them has painted face, uh, like like white paintbrush over his face, and she's presumably pierced the lips of one of the girls with like a necklace that she found. And it's just a weird, <laughs> weird visual. Yeah, it looks messed up for sure. <laughs> it's yeah. just like it was like you guys went to this person's house. <laughs> this is a great PSA movie to say: don't try and ask anybody to buy you any beer outside of a, a convenience store. Just ask your older brother or sister. So I think we're done talking about us, right? Is that what? We're at? No, there's more. No, we're pretty much done. And I would, I would say that it's a, it's a solid effort. You can't compare it to get out i think that'd be unfair to the to us um and i'm I'm, a parent to get out like i mean it's not a necessity but i mean i think there's legitimate things to point out as far as what peel's doing i guess what i'm saying is like it's not as though jordan peel is trying to do the same and convey the same message with every movie you know i I get that for sure and in terms of i mean part of what i like about us is how it feels like a big pivot from get out in terms of kind of the style and tone he's doing a film that is not just more of this thing that you like the first time, but instead taking it different. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, pointed this out, where this is his Unbreakable, as far as it's not just a replication of the six. So he's going to have another way. movie in ten years about kids going to visit their grandparents, and then five years later follow up with uh, the final piece of the trilogy? Yeah, sure. But it's not a matter of, <laughs> I, I'm doing this kind of very specific type of thing again. Now it's like, look at look at how big and weird I can make in this movie. Because Us is a lot weirder than Get Out is. Like, it it's is, like, yeah. It's a much different kind of movie. Again, it's, it's, I, I kind of... I'm, I'm happy that it you know, made $70 million this weekend. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's a weirder, less quote-unquote crowd-pleasing type of film. So it's like, good good on you for, for continuing to explore as opposed to just being, like, falling back on the same thing to try to replicate a similar success yeah agreed you know like just do your thing and people will come see it because i think people will know jordan peele for his brand he's starting to really build it build a build it up and like we said he won an academy award for get out so it's not as though he doesn't know what he's doing Um, sure but with all that being said uh i would definitely like to see what's going to happen next i know i know that the twilight zone premieres i think later this week um april 1st Oh, next on, week on a CBS Access. Something I do not. It's have. not on their ne- network television show. No, it's on their streaming service. Hmm, that's unfortunate. Well, it's cause... all the more reason for people to get their streaming. You know, if you want your their Star Trek and you want their uh, your Twilight Zone, you got to sign up for CBS. I didn't realize that Star Trek was only streaming. Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, it's a bummer for. 
people that I want. know that you don't care. I don't care, but I, I, I mean, but I'm just saying like it, it's, it, it requires so much effort. I mean, what no I, more what effort I mean by that is like you have to sign up and fill in your login and password. And sometimes people don't want to give out like their date of birth to a, a, a like Netflix is like the and are like the most popular thing. Clearly, people are happy signing up for something if they really want to. Yeah, <laughs> like but Netflix gives you so much stuff, not like Blue Bloods on demand. Again, if you want, I mean, that's how you promote a network. You put some exclusive things that are can't miss stuff, like a Twilight Zone <laughs> posted by Jordan Peele or a Star Trek series that you know the multi-million people that love Star Trek are certainly going to want to watch. Fair. I would also like to say that in terms of us. Um... Sometimes it felt like a Tales from the Crypt type episode, and that's what I think made it fun as well. I mean, when the Crypt Keeper kept walking by and saying, Hey, my cookies! <laughs> He's just laughing all the time yeah. and doing all these terrible dad puns. <laughs> I guess you could say Tim Heidecker lost his head! Uh, that's not what happens in the movie, but that's exactly a line that ha- that is said by the Crypt Keeper back on UPN when I was watching it. We need to hear more of your Crypt Keeper on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till wait till Halloween. <laughs> yeah, when we do our Tales of the Crypt special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> that's all that I had for us. All right. Uh, well, good. I think we've talked sufficiently about the film once again. Glad we were able to get another kind of extra chat about this film uh, to you know give the listeners more content to, to, to about this film and you know something that's a little. To make up for some audio issues, we have a nice, clear uh, recording for you to, to enjoy this time around as well. Uh, but good to talk more about this one, because I think there's just a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, that's it. I, You know you know where you can find our show. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. we got iTunes and Audio Boom and all that. Uh, thanks for listening. We're talking Dumbo next time. Until then, so long. Goodbye. Nights. Will somebody wear me to the Inside every morning.